Mary's podcast. I am your host Nisar Ahmed. I'm the founder and editor of the blog careermatters.com and this is episode 16 of the Career Matters podcast. And this episode is part of the expert series and for today's expert series episode I'm interviewing Ron Sang. Uh before I bring bring in Ron I'd like to read a brief bio that he has provided me. Ron Sang is an internationally acclaimed presentation skills expert and author of the amazon.ca number one best seller from presentation to standing ovation unlike other public speaking coaches ron is a former bay street bay street stock analyst who has heard thousands of pitches from ceos and cfos ron was responsible for evaluating these presentations so he has a unique perspective on how to present with power Hey Ron, welcome to the podcast. Arisa, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. So, uh Ron, before we begin, um one thing is um I always like to hear their own version. Um I mean, I I read your introduction, but maybe you can tell us a little bit more about yourself uh and how you came about this journey um yeah, that uh, into presentations and public speaking a little bit more detail if you don't mind. Sure, no problem. I would say that even though my specialty is presentations and public speaking and helping others elevate their speaking skills i was not always a good speaker i'm often asked were you born a good speaker no no i really wasn't in fact there was a time when i was younger when i was a mumbler my my i had bad skin i had bad teeth and i had a bad voice i i was really had bad self esteem i was really afraid to speak up and there was there was a time when my my voice was so low um i wasn't used to my voice being so low and my voice being so quiet my parents used to ask me to repeat myself all the time my parents didn't understand the words that were coming out of my mouth it sounds like a a jackie chan joke or something but i had to repeat myself all the time even to my own parents so you can you imagine how frustrating it must feel to have uh, your own parents not understand you i was a mumbler but i took that frustration and I, and I and I channeled it into becoming a more serious student of speaking. And so my message to your audience is that if I, if I can do it, how about you? I I believe that you can do it too. These are skills that you don't have to be born with. Communication skills are skills like anything that you can acquire. You can get better. And now this is what I do. Ron, thanks for sharing that because that was going to be one of the things I was going to ask. I always like to hear people's journeys, how they came about where they are today. So today you are a presentation expert, and that was going to be actually you stole the question before I asked. So thanks for mentioning that. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about speaking skills and presentation as we go on. Uh, but first of all, uh, uh, if you can tell the audience, uh, where are you based out of? I'm, I'm based out of Toronto, Canada. Uh, it's the world's most multicultural city. I grew up initially, though, in a suburb of Toronto called Brampton. It's the home of comedian Russell Peters. He's a very funny guy. I don't know that his sense of humor rubbed off on me, though. Um, but the <laughs> but the point is, is that for for your audience, is that the world uh, is increasingly multicultural, no matter where you live. And if you're looking for work, or if you're already in the workplace, if you're working for a multinational, you're company your 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 colleagues are multicultural your your bosses or your vendors your clients are multicultural you really need to be able to speak to all people right regardless of where you're from even though I'm from Toronto Canada 
I think it helps to be able to speak to all kinds of people. And these are skills that we'll get into in today's podcast. No, that's great. So one of the things I always ask is uh, everybody has a different flavor. So the whole essence of uh, public public speaking is an offset in, uh, of communication skills. It's about how you communicate yourself uh, effectively to others, right? That's my definition. But I wanted to hear, uh, because you have done this, you have coached a lot of uh, executives, you have coached a lot of individuals, companies. What, according to Ron, according to you, what what exactly is communication skills? Well, communication is really, in my mind, about getting the ideas and the thoughts that you have in your mind, in your brain, and getting them into the brain of someone else, whether it's one person or it's a thousand people, in a way that you intend. And when it really comes down to whether you're writing or you're speaking, communication requires clear thinking. You have to have a good understanding of what it is that you want to convey. What intent do you have for the audience? And that's what it comes down to. Effective communication is really clear thinking and getting the ideas that you have in your brain uh, into someone else's brain, into someone else's mind in the way that you intend. Mm. You brought up an important point at the beginning. Right now, uh, every... uh, the world is flat, right? You no more, no more work for a company based in Toronto or Calgary or New York. You're working in a multicultural, multinational world. So you have to adapt um, and really understand, um, you know, the different nuances of communications. Um, so is there, is there a, is there a secret sauce or easier method to quickly adapt to other ones, uh, quickly adapt to someone else's communication skills, or is this something you just have to work on it and acquire over time? One thing that I cover in my book, From Presentation to Standing Ovation, is the importance of knowing yourself. I believe it was a Greek philosopher who said that initially, but I truly believe that when it comes to your communication as well. What I mean is that if you know your own natural speaking strengths, and your own natural speaking weaknesses. And if you know what the audience is expecting of you, and if you understand how your audience might think or feel in reaction to what you say and how they process your, your words and your message, the, the language that you're using and so on, if you have an understanding of yourself and your audience, then that allows you to better communicate. So let me ask you a question then. If you want to, let, let's see sure. if I can help uh, for, for your audience. Uh, help them understand how this can be applied, how they can identify their own natural strengths, speaking strengths, and their own speaking personality. Do you, are you consider, do you consider yourself more of an introvert or an extrovert? Do you get more of your energy by being by yourself, or do you get more of your energy by being around other people? Most of the time, I would consider myself uh, an introvert. Yeah, so you're, you're, like, you're like me then. Um, some people are ambiverts. They, they kind, of, kind of in between. But most people naturally either need to recharge by being out with other people or they need to recharge by being in. So you and I are both introverts. Now, I'm going to ask you another question. This is really the second question and the, the second of, of two questions. Um, would you say that you're more task-focused or are you more relationship-focused? In other words, are you, is your priority, especially at work, to check off the boxes and get things done? Or, or is it more to build relationships and to um, maintain those relationships? People or tasks? Hmm. That, that's, a, that's a very good question. So as, um, 
after thinking about that, I'm just thinking, um, I would I consider myself relationship focused because I work in uh, sales. That's my full time career, and it is about building those re- building relationships and fostering relationships, whether it's external or internally. Um, even though there are tasks, even though there are day to day tasks, but I would say more relationship focused. Perfect. So what that typically means is that if you are someone who's more introverted, who prioritizes relationships and people over the tasks, then everybody's uh, everybody's on a, a different gradient. But I, I tend to find that your speaking personality type is more of the uh, the really good friend, like the best friend, uh, someone who understands people, who values people. And um, as far as your speaking strengths go, you're very personable, you're very relatable, and you you can get along with people. You value stability and relationships and harmony. But your speaking weakness might be, let me know if, if, I'm, if I'm off base here, um, it, it might be you are not great at telling stories, for example. You're, you're not necessarily great at uh, being able to win people over with um, massive amounts of, 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 of charisma through powerful stories. I don't know. This is just a guess. Uh, is it, would you, would you, what are your thoughts on that? Wow. Uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, Ron, you and I haven't met, but you, you know a lot about me. That's, so it's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Uh, it is true. Um, so talking about my weakness first, right? Uh, I struggle with telling stories. Uh, and uh, I, I, I like to get to the gist of the story quickly. And even when I try to tell a story, I'm concerned that others are not following the story. So you're right. Uh, you're bang on in terms of your assessment of my weakness. Uh, my strength, I think you're, you're, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head as well because um, I've, I've delivered spe- I used to be a Toastmaster uh, for many years, even communicating myself to clients. Uh, I try to relate to them. Uh, I try to take all the fluffy technical words out and keep it very, very simple. So, Wow, I, I'm, I'm really impressed by your assessment. <laughs> you just asked me two questions and you know uh, my entire communication DNA. That's, that's amazing. Thanks, Asar. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that uh, it, it worked uh, for you. I'm glad it was helpful for you. I'm glad I got it right, too. And the lesson for you listening on the podcast is that if you identify your strengths and your weaknesses in speaking and your speaking personality, then that will help you identify how you can relate to your audiences too. Because if you know that, like Nisar, you tend to be someone who needs to, um, can relate to people, but uh, the opportunity for you is to tell better stories, to be more charming and charismatic through powerful stories, for example, then that's, that's one thing you can quickly change by learning to tell great stories that connect with people, then you're suddenly an even more charismatic speaker. So knowing your natural strengths, offsetting your natural speaking weaknesses really quickly is such an amazing and efficient way to connect with wider audiences. Once you know who you are, who you naturally connect with, you can connect with them easily. And then by making a quick change to improve or offset your natural speaking weakness, you can then address and connect with people in your in a different speaking personality type you're going to suddenly connect with more people in a wider audience that, that uh, i mean 
it. Thanks for the immediate feedback and uh, it got me thinking and I'm sure there are others like me listening to this who are in the same boat. So the question I have is, let's say we have identified that my challenge is storytelling and storytelling, communicating in the form of a story is also a good uh, communication skills to have. So if you don't mind, I mean, let's let's focus a little bit time on that. How does one, someone like me, let's take me as a guinea pig here. <laughs> uh, how, what are some of the things someone can do to improve that? If you want to be a better storyteller, which is a very, very important skill, you have to understand that historically people communicated through stories. Social norms, values were passed on verbally before people learned to read or write our ancient our ancient ancestors uh-huh. spoke and shared through stories so it's very very important to be able to communicate your own values your own experience and where you want to go your vision through stories in a job interview uh, in a workplace presentation or um, even just having a conversation uh, one-on-one whether you're speaking one to, to, to one person or if you're speaking to a thousand people all speaking is still public speaking. These skills are applicable no matter what you're doing. Um, if you want to tell a great story, you have to know the beginning, the end, well, the beginning, the middle, and the end. You have to know where your story is going, what, what, what happens uh, in, a, in a finite period of time. Uh, stories don't just keep going forever, and especially in a job interview. You, you want to have a clear beginning, middle, and end, and then have a point. In my book from Presentation of Standing Ovation, I've got 10 C's uh, for effective storytelling. And I can't remember all of them right now. I'll have to pull up my, my book to be quite honest with you. But these are guidelines that, help, uh, that can help anybody tell a better story. Um, first of all, it's context. Here we go. The, the, the first C is context. What is, where is the story taking place? When is it taking place? If you think about, uh, let's take some Hollywood storytelling secrets, secrets of storytelling from Hollywood. If you picture Star Wars, for example, you know right at the beginning of the movie, uh, the text that appears on the screen, it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So when you're telling a story, you have to provide some context. Let your audience know where it's taking place, when it's taking place, so they have some framework for where, what, what's going to come next. The next C is characters. Good stories have characters. If you're telling a story about your success um, in, in a job interview, you're telling a story about your past success and your past career or your, your academic success, well, then you're one of the characters. You have to have at least one character. Uh, you can be the hero of your own story or you can let someone else be the hero of your story and you learn from that other person, that mentor, that guide. And that shows more vulnerability, that you're willing to learn, that you've had to overcome some difficulties. We'll get into that in some of the the next C's. The third C in my ovation outline for stories is the characteristics. What's a simple thing, a simple characteristic, a simple description of your characters? Are you young? Are you old? Are you uh, skinny? Are you short? Are you tall? Whatever the case is. Um, Are you a computer science major? Are you an IT professional? So on and so forth. What is your catalyst? The fourth C is catalyst. What in this story, what's the spark? How do you get interested in a career in recruiting? How did you get interested in a career in IT? What was the start? What's your origin story? 
in Star Wars, Luke Skywalker began on his journey because his aunt and uncle's house got burned down. The Imperial troopers were trying to invade Tatooine, whatever the case is, and he had to leave. So that was part of it. And also he had this wanderlust. Luke Skywalker wanted to explore. So what is your spark? If you want to get into finance, if you want to get into marketing, if you want to get into IT, why? What's your catalyst? And your, your conversations, the, the fifth C is your conversation. Can you remember a time when you spoke about something or when a mentor, um, a guru, someone told you something? What, what did they say? What's this dialogue? Can you remember a quote? People tend to remember short sound bites. And when we speak in conversational tones, when we speak in a conversation, uh, that tends to bring more of these stories to life. If you can transmit some dialogue through conversation, that makes your story more powerful. The sixth C in the Ovation Outline for Stories is the conflict. Was there a time when you struggled with something? Powerful stories have a conflict, a before and an after, a journey that somebody goes through. And uh, if you look at Hollywood movies, the conflict usually comes up right away. A great story introduces a conflict in the beginning of, of Act One. Uh, typical Hollywood movies are structured into three acts. In your interview story, in your workplace presentation, try to introduce the conflict right away. Once you've introduced your context, your characters, your, your, your catalyst, and so on, try to introduce the conflict. What it is, what is it that you want to overcome? What's the big obstacle here? The seventh C in the Ovation Outline for Stories here is your complication. So you have a conflict. What could make it worse? When you watch Mission Impossible movies, for example, there is always a complication in the heist. Tom Cruise characters always, something always goes wrong when they try to, to steal the, the hack the computer or steal a diamond or something. There's a double cross. Somebody's got a rubber face or a rubber mask or some computerized mask and there's a double cross which results in a complication. That makes the story more exciting. The eighth C is the climax. What happens when you finally face your obstacles? when Luke Skywalker finally faces Darth Vader. The ninth C is the conclusion. What happens at the end? And then the tenth C is, what's the connection to your presentation? So you're telling a story, you're going through these ten Cs, and what's the point? When you're telling a story, and you're, when you're speaking and telling a story, you have to be able to make sure that your story has a point. It ties into your message. Whether it's in a job interview, you're, you're using a methodology like this, the ovation outline for stories to convey why you're interested in this position, why you would be the best person for this position, how you got started, what you struggled with before, your biggest failure, what you learned from that, and what you can bring, where you want to go, and where this job fits in with where you, what your vision is for, for your career. If you can relate that to a point, make sure that your, your stories connect with the objective and your intent, then your stories become even more powerful. So I, I hope that helps. Ron, thanks for uh, summarizing that because I, I was taking notes and uh, one of the things that did come to my mind was job interviews. And you mentioned that a couple of times. Uh, one of the questions peop, uh, uh, candidates always get asked is, what is your weakness? And usually people, I, I've been on the other side where I've interviewed candidates and they just throw out buzzwords. So yeah, uh, I'm very detail-oriented or... I, I, I work too hard and all those, uh, you know, uh, fluffy words and that's it. And uh, 
you're thinking, okay, what does that really mean? Or even strengths for that matter is the same. So now you've given people a framework because when you add a little bit more flavor to it, you talk about what is the connection, why it was important, the context, it makes it more real and personable. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. People really connect with stories. As I mentioned before, before people learned to read and write, they shared, they shared stories. And people connect and relate to each other through stories. If you can show some vulnerability, if you can show some real, if you can show your values and your personality through your stories, uh, how you think as well through your stories, then who you are as a person becomes more, you become more relatable ultimately. And people remember stories too. So no matter how many job interviewers, no matter how many interviews your job interviewer sits through in a day or two days or three days, they may remember you because of something you mentioned in a story, because stories stick. Absolutely. Very, very interesting. So I will definitely post this when I'm doing the summary at the end. And by the way, before uh, I lose my train of thought here, uh, I did read the book uh, this week. Amazing book. Very simple read. Well, uh, very comprehensive. It's, it is well written and very easy to follow. So kudos to you. Uh, for putting together a, a great book. Uh, it, it felt more of a, a friendly guide for me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That was my intent. I was putting, when I, when I wrote the book, I, I wanted this to be, <laughs> I initially started this as a, a cookbook, a recipe book for all the speaking lessons I've learned based on my own struggles and based on the, the, the struggles of my clients. But initially, even though that was the initial goal, just to write a simple how-to book, a simple recipe book, I, I came across reviews for other public speaking books on Amazon, and I, I found that some of these negative reviews uh, were critiquing or criticizing the lack of stories in these public speaking books, that these public speaking books on Amazon were, these other books were all just the how-to, this, this, this simple uh, techniques and, and, and whatnot, and uh, that there, there weren't enough stories. And I thought, well, I, I can do that. I can introduce some of my own stories, introduce some of my own personality. And, and that's what I did. I, I, I tell stories about how I used to be a mumbler, for example. In, in the book, I tell stories about how I, was, uh, how I met Warren Buffett and the lessons learned from that and even why public speaking and communication is so important to me and, and uh, the, the lessons for the audience. So I, I, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that, uh, that, you, that you connected with that, Nisar. Yeah, absolutely, Ron. Um... So when it, uh, the next thing I want to pivot in our uh, conversation today is obviously I've got a presentation expert on the call with me today, so I, it would, I would not do justice if I don't ask about public speaking. Um, you mentioned Russell Peters at the, at the beginning. One of my favorite comedians is Jerry Seinfeld. He's famously quoted saying that at a funeral, people would rather be in the coffin then, at, then stand and give a eulogy. And so it's number of people, it, there have been studies about it. Jerry Seinfeld talks about it. So public speaking is scary for most people. Um, so before we talk about the importance and all that, um, have you found that in your experience, you've coached a lot of uh, business people when it comes to public speaking. How true is this fear? The funny, I love Jerry Seinfeld as well. And the funny thing is, is that there's, 
no evidence to support uh, what Jerry Seinfeld was saying. It's a, it's a joke. It's not a real statistic that uh, more people would rather be in the coffin than be uh, delivering the funeral. And um, I, I've, also, I've also heard that uh, public speaking is the number one fear of most uh, adults. But what I've come to discover is that there have been no studies that support that either. But there have been studies of North American adults, um, and, and their fear is not number one, but their fear of public speaking might be number two or number three. Uh, the biggest fear, the number one fear of most adults in North America is snakes or fear of heights, not public speaking. But the fact that it's still the public fear of public speaking is in the top three, one of the one of the three biggest fears of uh, people in North America, it's it, it tells you something. Yeah, a lot of people are afraid of public speaking, and I think that it's social psychologists, psychologists have theories that it's because our ancient ancestors were they, they valued being in tribes. They needed to be to band together to be in a tribe to survive. Dinosaurs or saber-toothed tigers, woolly mammoths, and such would really endanger our ancestors' lives unless they banded together to fight them. And if one of our ancestors ever did anything to stand out from the tribe, to be ostracized, to be rejected from the tribe, then they would have that that one person would have to fight this, these woolly mammoths and saber-toothed tigers all by themselves. And uh, that would lead to death. So in other words, if you got rejected by your tribe, you would die. And that primitive brain of ours, passed on from our ancestors, is still afraid of rejection, social rejection. We're afraid of standing up, of speaking up, and of making a foolish comment, of, of, of being embarrassed. Because our brain would shut down and say, that means that you're going to die. We're going to be rejected by our tribe. But in today's world, in this modern world, we're not going to die if we speak up. In fact, in your podcasts, you, 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 you bring on experts who talk about personal branding, who talk about networking, talk about job interviews, writing and speaking. And I'm here to tell you that if you don't put yourself out there, if you don't speak up, then you may be the best kept secret in your mother's basement or you might be the best kept secret in your office. If you don't speak up, if you don't stand out in some way, then you're, you're not going to get promoted. If you can't speak well, that's your ceiling to a promotion. You'll never get promoted if you can't speak well. So you need to be able to overcome your fear of public speaking in order to have any kind of career success. I read a study from Aruba Networks that indicates that 88% uh, of IT professionals say that the most important skill in, in the next five years is going to be communication skills. It's not your technical skills. It's not your coding skills. It's not your um, learn, learning another language. It's, uh, it, it's going to be, or another computer language, it's going to be your ability to speak to your boss, your ability to speak with your colleagues, your ability to communicate your workplace policies and procedures to other people. It's your ability to communicate. Even in a career like IT, where a lot of people think they don't need to be able to speak, recent surveys indicate that in the next five years, communication will be the most important career skill. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that is something I can uh, I'll definitely second that because I've uh, one thing I mentioned in my when I used to work as a recruiter, one of the biggest tasks of hiring managers were, yes, we need someone with all these coding skills, but someone who can communicate. 
Because even if you're just coding or fixing networks, you're still talking to people. You're still talking and communicating, assessing needs. So communication skills is very, very universal and important. So I, I, I totally agree with what he just said, Ron. One, the next thing I want to talk about is you, we have identified, and thanks for going into the deep uh, psychology behind the fear of public speaking. So we have identified, okay, Jerry Seinfeld is not correct. He's not, it's not number one, but it's up there. It is, it is scary for many people. How does one, no, actually, before we go into the how, specifically public speaking skills or presentation skills, why is it important for anyone I'm talking about anyone in the job market, any professional. Why is it important to hone that and improve that? Well, I guess starting off, if you're a student, then you need to obviously be able to communicate your value very well to and your, your value, your skills. You need to be able to communicate that to employers in, in your job interviews. And if you're still in school, obviously, you need to give presentations, case studies, and so on and so forth. So that that's important. And if you're in the workplace already, you need to be able to interview well to get another job, whether it's within the same organization or with a different organization. And you need to be able to, to speak up at your your department meetings. Show people what you're working on, whether it's your colleagues or your, your boss. Show them that you are um, not a lump on a log, that you're someone who knows what's going on. And if you want to build your authority, your thought leadership, your credibility, you need to be able to speak well. You have to be able to communicate clearly. And if you want to get promoted within your, your own department, you want to become a boss, manager, you want to become a director, VP, and so on and so forth, you need to be able to communicate with people above you. You need to be able to, uh, you need to, be able to lead the people on your team as well. You need to be able to show that. You need to be able to persuade people. And in order to do that, you need to have effective communication skills. That totally makes sense. That uh, connection to uh, building a strong career. So thanks for uh, covering that. So we spoke about the why. Uh, let's uh, uh, in the next remaining time we have. Let's talk about uh, how. How can someone go about building their public speaking skills or presentation skills? Where, 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 what do you suggest someone do to get started? Well, if you're Someone who doesn't feel confident, if you, if you, if you know your own natural speak, speaking strengths and weaknesses, and if you are someone who has, like most people, you have public speaking anxiety, well, work on your confidence. And there are some techniques that I'll share with you on this podcast in the next few minutes that'll help you quickly boost your confidence before you need to speak. Take a lesson from professional athletes, from elite performers, and ask yourself, what do they do to prepare before their big game before their big performance, they'll often have rituals, warm-ups, mental exercises that will help them get in the zone. So you too need to have physical warm-ups and mental warm-ups before you get up and speak. That'll help you get warmed up, get you help, help you get in the zone. The physical warm-ups that uh, comedian Robin Williams used to use were uh, jumping jacks. Before getting up on stage, Robin Williams used to do jumping jacks to get himself warmed up, get himself into his body and into the zone. And when you do some kind of physical warm-up, that'll help you become more present as well. And if you're speaking, uh, you need to be present. You have to be able to accommodate 
questions that come up on the fly. You have to be able to accommodate different audiences. You have to be present. You have to be there. Uh, if you're just reading off a sheet of paper, you're not present. You won't know if people are confused. You won't know if people are engaged. You have to be present. And getting that physical warm-up helps you. Another tip that will help you with your physical warm-up is uh, power posing. It's a lesson that I learned from the number two most watched TED Talk of all time by Harvard psychology professor Amy Cuddy. And uh, she's got a recent book out called Presence. And in the TED Talk and her book, she talks about power posing. That If you picture a champion, someone who just won an Olympic gold medal, um, they, they, they'll, they'll raise their hands up in the sky. If you raise your hands up in the sky and form a V with your arms and you hold that pose for a couple of minutes, then Amy Cuddy's studies show that your testosterone will increase and your cortisol will decrease, which means that your stress will go down, your confidence will go up. So that just uh, will help you. Or if you do the posing like, a, like Wonder Woman, posing like a boss, and you hold your hands to your hips, that will help you as well to increase your confidence and decrease some of your stress and anxiety. So that's the, the physical warm-up. Do something physically to get warmed up, get primed, get into the zone, be present. Now, you also, I think it would also help you to do some mental preparation, some mental warm-ups. One thing you can do is you can remember that it's, uh, it's a journey. Uh, it's, a, it's a journey of continuous improvement. No, no matter where you are now, the presentation that you're going to give or the interview you're going to give, um, it's not going to be the last one. And if you remember that you're, you're focusing on, if you focus on improvement and continuous improvement, you'll only get better. So the one that you're going to give now or the one you're going to give next is not going to be the most important presentation or interview of your life. It'll just be one of many. Keep working on improving yourself each and every time you speak, and you'll be focusing more on the journey. Enjoy the journey. Remember that it's just a journey of continuous improvement. No one presentation will kill you. No one job interview will kill you. You are not your presentation. You are not your interview. You have more value beyond that. So treat it as uh, one of many steps in the journey. Remember that mental, uh, that mental, that, that, remember that. And it'll, it'll help you with your mental warm up. Secondly, if you can visualize yourself succeeding, whether it is receiving a standing ovation after you speak, or people nodding and, and, and they, they, they smile at you, they, they appreciate you, they, they appreciate what you're saying, uh, they, they get you and they want to take action. If you can visualize that, visualize yourself, yourself succeeding and visualize, visualize yourself getting the job or getting the, the um, approval, then that will help you as well. That visualization, that, the, the positive feelings that come from visualization will help you become more confident quickly. If you also remember a time when you succeeded, if you can remember the last time you got a successful job interview, you got the offer, or you remember the last time you gave a presentation and you got the results you wanted, picture that personal highlight reel and rewind back to those good old days and you'll remember those feelings, the feelings of success, uh, the feelings of peak performance, and that will also help you as well. So the mental tricks that can help you gain more confidence before you speak include remembering uh, that it's a journey of continuous improvement and also visualizing success in the future and also remembering success in the past, your personal highlight reel. These three 
mental tips will help you mentally warm up. You add that to your physical warm-ups, your power posing, your jumping jacks, whatever the case is, and um, you will be much more confident before you speak. Ron, thanks for that. Uh, I was like vigorously taking notes. And one thing I had to say before I go back to the things that I've caught my attention, uh, you know this, but you're definitely a great communicator. And I'm telling you why, because you started off, you said, this is, this is what you do, this is what you do, this is what you do. You went into each and everything in detail, then you summarized at the end. So what you did right there, it was uh, well done. It just gave an example for myself and the people listening how to effectively communicate. Like um, I asked you a how-to question. Instead of just saying, do this, this, and this, you gave examples, uh, then you summarized at the end. Uh, obviously, you have listened to the, you probably got kudos many times, but I just thought I should say that uh, it just happened right now. Thank you, Nusa. You're the man. I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> you're, you're obviously very observant. And the, the thing is that it, it, when you're able to communicate well, people notice that. It, it really helps with your own personal brand. It helps you stand out. And um, it, it, it really makes a difference. Being able to speak well, clearly, concisely, makes a big difference. Now, Ron, like in any speech, there is as an audience, uh, there's always one point that really sticks out for you. And what you just told right now, one thing, if I can repeat it in case someone missed it, is you are not your job interview. You are not your presentation. It's one of many. It's a journey. I don't think a lot of people, I've been in situations where I've prepared very hard for an interview. I've worked really hard, didn't get the job, was really, really down on myself. But hey, then some the next interview I did very well, and we put a lot of mental energy and hope on one particular interview or one particular presentation. I think uh, w the journey of continuous improvement that was something that really hit me when you were mentioning what you just mentioned right now. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, it, it, I, I just came up with it off the top of my head, but really, it, it, it is very true. And and also coming back to uh, the the comment that you had just uh, before this. If you have a speaking GPS, no matter what kind of question people ask you, if you have a speaking GPS, you think about a regular GPS that you have in your phone or in your car, you know where you are and you know where you want to go. With a speaking GPS, it's the same thing, but you're speaking. With, when, when you speak, when you're asked a question, you know where you are. Do you know where you want to go? Think about the, the key takeaway message that you, you, you want your audience to remember. Think about that and, and make sure that is very clear. And it's also very important to remember that there's a psychology principle called the primacy effect and the recency effect. Typically, people remember the first thing and the last thing you hear. So through the power of the speaking GPS, understand your core message, what, where you want to go, and then make sure that you repeat that clear message at the beginning, at the end, so that your audience can really uh, remember and uh, connect with that and uh, be able to repeat that down the road as well. The beginning and the end, that's super important. Remember to make that your point clear at the beginning and at the end. Thanks, Ron. Uh, before we conclude, I wanted to ask you, do you have any final words, anything that we haven't covered that you would like to uh, give to the audience before we conclude? Well, my, my book is 
called From Presentation to Standing Ovation. It's available on Amazon as a paperback, ebook, and audiobook. I think it'll help you no matter where you are in your career. And you can also find me on Facebook. I have a private Facebook group that you can join called Ovation Nation. And it's filled with resources, and there are so many inspiring people in the group as well. So check out this group, Ovation Nation, and check out my book so you can practice along with all the exercises at the end of each chapter and become a great speaker. From presentation to standing ovation, available on Amazon. Thank you, Ron. And I will make sure to include a link uh, to the book, to the Facebook page when I'm doing a summary uh, of this podcast. Ron, I wanted to personally thank you uh, on behalf of the audience, and I learned a lot. It is actually exciting to listen up to some of the ideas you gave us. Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, great to be on here. And always remember, no matter who you are, your message is more important than you know. Thanks. Thanks, Ron. You, you ended the interview with a, with a great uh, call to action in a bank. Uh, awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, folks, uh, for listening to this episode of the Career Medis Podcast. I, as I mentioned, I have written a brief summary of the interview with links to uh, Ron's website and links to his Facebook page uh, as part of the blog post. If you liked what you heard, feel free to subscribe to the Career Medis podcast on iTunes. And for more content, ideas, tips, resources, go to careermedis.com. If you enjoyed this episode, learn something new, feel free to post, post a comment or review. And if you really loved it, definitely go ahead and share it with your network. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmad, your host for the Career Medis podcast. Thank you. Thank you.